I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Newcastle, same madness. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Salah grabs another beaut. It's comebacks galore for the Wolves and the Foxes. It's Monday the 18th of October. I'm Jules Breach. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Welcome, welcome, ladies and welcome. gentlemen. What a what a weekend. Goodness me, Pete. Goodness me. <laughs> Goodness Using me. Using your own catchphrase oh, again. That's my own mate. catchphrase when I'm trying to think of what to say. Goodness me. Well, yeah. It was just utter madness, wasn't it? From start to finish. It First was. game of the weekend, <laughs> Watford-Liverpool. will come on to that ending last night with some other crazy football and mm. still another game to come. Yep. Decent stuff, eh? Very, very good. Uh, you couldn't catch your breath for a moment, could you? <laughs> you couldn't. But yeah. I think there's only one place to start, though, isn't there? Right yes. at St. James's Park, where I think all eyes, the whole entire world round, were watching for what the atmosphere was going to be like in this brand new era at Newcastle, how the players were going to perform. And it was just a crazy game. There was just so much going on. Mm. Just utter craziness in terms of what was on the pitch, but also... It was the party was sort of spoiled a little bit, wasn't it? By Tottenham getting the result there, winning by three goals to two. And then, of course, there was the the huge story as well with the game being halted for 20 minutes in the 40th minute after a supporter collapsed in the crowd from cardiac arrest. Now, from what we're hearing from this morning, the fan is stable. And um, of course, we wish them a speedy recovery and hopefully back at St. James's Park soon once they're able to get yeah. back there. But um, that was just, it just added to the kind of chaos of mm. what was such a frantic and and kind of weird day at St. James's Park. Yeah, and I think um, 
Sergio Regulon and Eric Dyer should be applauded and commended for their actions to kind of alert attention as quickly as possible. And, and it looks like it's going to be a positive story, which is a fantastic thing. So mm. um, at the time of recording, as you say, anyway, um, which is which is which is a really great positive outcome. But, and what a touch to have David Ginola in the studio as well to talk uh, very yeah. very cleverly about yeah. uh, about CPR and uh, defibrillators and stuff like that. Absolutely, and it just goes <clears> to show you, doesn't it, um, how important those defibrillators mm. are? There's been campaigns all around the place, hasn't there? For um, I think it might be Justin Edinburgh's son who's at the forefront of campaigning for these mm. defibrillators to be placed into all football stadiums and all, all the rest of it because early care and attention is vital in, in, in recovery and, mm. and, and survival, basically. But anyway, it was, yeah, it was a, a, a really event-packed game all round, to say mm. the very least, really, wasn't it? It was. I mean, the atmosphere at St. James's Park before At the start, off, it was incredible. It was, I, I had my TV up so loud in my lounge as well because <laughs> yeah. I really wanted to just feel it, if yeah. you know what I mean. And, it, it it literally felt like nothing I've heard this season. Well, that's what they spent 300 million on, isn't it? Really? I mean, <laughs> imagine if they can get that right. Uh, that many people in the stadium uh, going absolutely wild. And it was an incredible start in the match as well. I, I keep saying it before the start of the season. Newcastle's fortunes very much depend on whether Callum Wilson's uh, legs uh, hauled out. And uh, yeah, he, he didn't need his head because <laughs> he, he used his head to get the goal in the, at the back of the net very, very early indeed. And uh, and they were flying until they weren't. It couldn't have been a more perfect start. At that point, Mm. I was like, hang, hang on a minute. It, yeah. This is this is going a little bit too well. Do you know what they reminded me of? And you're right about the atmosphere. It was incredible. And it, I kind of expected Big Les Ferdinand to pop up somewhere. Or, <laughs> or something like Alan Shearer to kind of come on. But um, do you know what they reminded me of Newcastle is they started really well. And they start, I mean, it was probably almost impossible for them not to start too fast, given, mm. the, given the situation. But they felt to me a bit like a, like a boxer who wasn't trained for 12 rounds. Goes out, you know, comes out punching three or four mm. rounds, completely punches himself out, is gassed, and then really hanging on because they looked in big trouble. Mm. Really, as soon as and Dombalay and Kane got those two goals, that was that. Really, wasn't it? I know, I know the scoreline probably flattered Newcastle a wee bit, and we can come on to Dyer's amazing contribution <laughs> uh, on the pitch as well. Um, but it was. Yeah, an action-packed afternoon. There's plenty to get stuck into. Before um, we get into anything else, I did want to take a moment just to say, I know Pete's not going to thank me for this, but you know, regardless of everything else that's gone on, the fact that Steve Bruce has managed in professionally for a thousand games and played a hundred games, it's eight, amazing. Played eight hundred games yeah. before that professionally as well, is an incredible achievement for what it is. And I think he should be respected and admired for that because it's not a difficult business. It's not, it's not an easy business to stay in. Mm. Um, and so he's done brilliantly well there. Um, I don't agree with a lot of all the other stuff that's said about him. Um, people were going way over the top in praise for him, I thought. But the, the achievement itself is incredible, matched only by probably the 20-minute contribution John Joe Shelby made, <laughs> I would say, uh, in the game, which was, look... That was amazing. That was like he was saying to the new owners, let me show you what I'm all about. Let me show yeah. you what Newcastle has been like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you see me knocking about. You can't quite tell how old I am because mm. of my um because of my face. Um this is what I've been around for a long time, but yeah. I'm also still got a lot of energy. Mm -hmm. Here's how I show the energy. Uh, I'm going to give you a 20-minute cameo and you see if you like it. Yeah. There's no obligation. You see what you like. It's After Halloween season. I look like I look and I, yeah. I've eaten a big ball of candy corn yeah. and I'm just going to kick, kick, kick. Yeah. Pete, you quite liked his second challenge for the second yellow. 
I did because it because it was it was more sensible and well thought out compared to the first one. To be quite because the first one was stupid, like massively stupid. But the second one was like, well, look, I mean, I mean, he was in on goal, so I just the fir- may as well do it. The first one was footballing stupid. The second yeah. one was existential stupid because <laughs> the game had already gone. Mm. If he hadn't have made that tackle, right, or call that tackle was quite generous. That that attempt, they could have lost the game four two. But he wouldn't be suspended for a game. Now he's suspended for a game. Now Peter's arguing that actually that's a positive thing. That is a positive <laughs> thing. We don't need that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But in a way, he's gone for a kind of. Have you seen the film? Have you seen the film Gangs of New York? You know the mm. answer to that, Luke. Uh, you haven't seen it. No. In I Gangs haven't. of New York, Daniel Day Lewis steals the show whenever he's on the screen, but he's not actually on the screen that much. Right. It's a bit like what yeah you're waiting for him to come into the the action more often than you actually see him. Mm. A bit like the Bond film Spectre. Christoph Waltz is the bad guy. He's only in about four scenes, right. but he steals the show. Mm. John Joe's the same. <laughs> he only gives you 20 minutes, but you never forget it. I like your scene-stealing, show-stealing yeah. uh, examples. So Spectre and Gangs of New York. <laughs> just the first things I can just think the of big ones. Head. Just the yeah. big boys. And yeah. not always in a positive way does he steal the show. No. Um, <laughs> I wonder who won- wins the award for most stupid then in terms of on the pitch. Uh, is mm. it him or is it Eric Dyer with that own goal? <laughs> I, think I think there's something... I, I think Eric Dyer... I feel with Eric Dyer, it just kind of happened to him. And, it, and that, that can happen to anyone. You know, it's a poor piece of... Um, of technical execution from a player who's probably quite tired in a game where it's already been won and they've already gone through quite a lot of emotional kind of yeah, exactly. stuff because of what's happened. Mm. Um, it was funny what Dyer did. It in, was funny. For the for the consolation. It would have been even, I'll tell you what, if Newcastle had nicked an equaliser, it would have been amazing. <laughs> did, that, you, that. did you see Nuno speaking to Eric Dyer at the end? I would yeah. have loved to have heard what he said. It's okay, mate. We all yeah. do stupid shit. Do you reckon he was saying that? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, no. maybe. Um, he he was um, yeah. I mean, obviously, it's not the way Eric Dyer would have chosen to end the game. He said it was, it was another dead ball, mate. Yeah. We've talked, we speak, we've talked about them, haven't we? Yeah. We've talked yeah. about them. Yeah, <laughs> probably was. Stop being shit at dead balls. But the good thing is they won the game, so it'll be forgotten about. Yeah, well, let's talk about the Spurs perspective of mm. it then, because um, I thought Ndombele had a really good game, uh, and I thought good for Harry Kane. It's good to see him scoring. He assisted for Sonny as well. Mm. Do you think this might just start him do, off in his goal-scoring run? Do you know how many goals for club and country Harry Kane scored this season? Tell me. Ten. Mm. That just is work. That's just his first in the Premier League. Mm. So it's kind of it's kind of weird that the narrative's been. But he's been playing in the Europa Conference League against sure. teams who he should be scoring two, three goals against. And he's been playing for England as well against yeah. some uh, some average teams as well. But but the point being that he's not actually stopped scoring goals no. per se. He just no. stopped scoring in the Premier League for mm. what six games. Mm. So it's not and because of, because of the measure of how good he is as a player, um, it, it kind of it attracts attention. Will it'll be interesting to see if he really hits the ground running from now on. Actually, considering how good. Kane and Son were last season together as mm. a pairing. It, I think it's quite surprising that this has been the first game that both him and Son were on the score sheet together mm. in the same match since February. Yeah. Well, That's a did, long time ago. Didn't Son uh, say on Instagram, you know, a, or he liked a, a post saying that uh, one player does not make a team, etc. So maybe... Mm. Um, Do you think people get too much into what players Harry, like on Instagram? Yeah, definitely. Maybe Harry just uh, upsets Son uh, with what he did or what he tried to do. A, a lot of people on sort of um, social saying that um, <clears throat> this is the best Spurs performance they've seen in about a season since... Potch. <laughs> Some of it Newcastle fans would be saying that, would they? <laughs> well, like, well, we are shit. Well, well, I saw you like Newcastle do have the capacity to make other teams that's what I mean. have yeah. you know a great afternoon, and I think that's what happened. They didn't have to really. I thought they were actually quite turgid in the first ten minutes until they turned it around, and and then they looked really good. But they didn't have to work very hard to look very good against Newcastle because they are uh, disorganised chaos. Should that be should that be Newcastle United's like tagline? <laughs> 
We'll ensure you have a lovely afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's like centre parks, but cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it cheaper? Well, no, 300 million. cheaper than centre parks. 300 million, yeah. Okay. That's 300, 300 million does get you the uh, bike hire at centre parks. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, is it fair to say, though, that Newcastle, what, what was so bizarre about it is that that opening goal, what was it? So early on in the game. 90 seconds or something. Yeah, like, one yeah. minute 47, something mm. like that. After that was that was a perfectly worked goal. I yes. mean, you could argue that okay, maybe Tottenham weren't expecting it, they weren't quite ready for it. Incredible atmosphere. Come on, I'm starting, yeah, come on. <laughs> but why didn't Newcastle do that again? Like it's, it's like they point. didn't repeat what they did so well in the opening two minutes. Because I, I don't think they look in the best shape, to be honest. But <laughs> after two minutes. No, but I mean I mean yeah, but the other team are playing as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you know, I feel like they like I said at the start, they felt like a boxer to me. They felt like they 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 pushed and pushed and pushed. The adrenaline was massive. And then they just got out, out kind of worked and out well, fought and out tactic. Their best plan is give it to Alan. And Alan is like crazy. Like, you know, he just, he just runs. He's very direct. Uh, he, he, he's, 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 but he's very chaotic and he doesn't work hard going backwards and stuff. So that's indicative of the team, really. They're, they're a counter attacking team, but they, they constantly let the game get on top of them a little bit and, 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 and they can go for like a good 40 minutes without really touching the ball or really even being interested in touching the ball. I feel like the change that Spurs have made from that 4-3-3 to a 4-2-3-1 which massively suits their personnel a lot better has really helped because you can talk about Newcastle losing or, get, or losing the control of the game or starting off really well and then drifting. Maybe another reason is the fact that actually that midfield that Spurs play, have in that formation is actually really well balanced. Hoiberg's brilliant. And Dombele was fantastic. He's a, he's very, very capable in that number 10 role. Oliver Skip does a lot of hard work, gets through a lot of work in the middle of the park. And then you're up against um, Isaac Hayden, who is Isaac Hayden. Longstaff, who is Longstaff. I, I, I like Longstaff. I think he's a good player, but he's still young, still learning his trade, and he's in a haphazard kind of team. And Matt Ritchie can't defend for fuck. Yeah, but Matt Ritchie, <laughs> Matt Ritchie's playing like, playing kind of left back at this point, yeah. right? And then you've got Willock as well. John Joe Shelby comes in and does what he does. It's just, it's not really com- it's not really comparing apples with apples, I don't think. Mm. I think yeah. it's just very, very difficult for them on that occasion with the um, question marks over the ownership and the manager to deal with a team who on the day have settled into a formation that seems to suit them quite well. And regardless of everything we've said around Nuno and what may happen or may not happen with him, they have actually got quite a lot of good players. Yeah. Jungmin and Dombele and Mora um, pulling the strings or getting, be- or getting beyond Kane, a combination of those two things with a solid base, um, is, is a good, it's a good mm. front six, you know? Yeah, I agree. And um, Do you think that Eric Dyer scored that own goal because he glanced over, saw Steve Bruce, seemed a little bit upset and thought, <laughs> Charitable. let's try and make this a bit better for him in his 1,000th game yeah. in charge? Because, you know, there were chants from the crowd uh, saying Steve Bruce is going to be sacked. And they, mm. you know, we know that that's something that the fans want to see, Pete. But it just felt, it felt a bit cruel to me. I don't know. I felt a little bit sorry for Steve Bruce because... Of course, the occasion wasn't about him. It was about the takeover. It was about the first game in this new era. But it was such a big thing, as Luke's already pointed out. 1,000 games in charge is quite amazing. Yet, he kind of just seems like he's sleepwalking to the end. And as far as I'm aware, he's still not been told where his future where lies his at the club. Where and, and is. Where, yeah, what account is it? Yeah, where he's where sleepwalking to. Um, yeah, I, don't know, I felt a bit sorry for him. Uh, Did you? No, because no, I've watched a lot of Newcastle. <laughs> um, he uh, he said uh, when the when the uh, new ownership came in, he said, hey, "I'll have a crack." 
and that was his crack. Yeah. Three, three, one two, game. Judge me on my results. Judge me on my results. Well, we have. So yeah, but, but <laughs> I don't think obviously football isn't an individual sport, and you know it isn't. It's never. It should never be about an individual, certainly mm. for any kind of length of time. So the Bruce Thousandth game thing, I think it's worthy of a mention. I have mentioned it. I thought. Are you, you, know, your boss are you telling me to you move on? Slap. You yeah. telling me to shut up and move on? No, I'm, no, I'm just saying that it's, <laughs> it's 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 an interesting situation because he's at the mercy of whatever the new owner wants to do. But having said that, I mean, you stay can, in the division, you'd imagine. But 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 there's but there's a there's a there's a definite argument to say that, like for example, yeah, Mike Ashley had mm. Steve Bruce as a fairly convenient lightning rod, mm. you know, because Mike Ashley wouldn't. Overall, if you take his, his tenure in the round, he's not investing in the team. I, 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 so so he, he's very perfectly happy for Steve Bruce to take all the flack for, mm-hmm. for them being mm-hmm. terrible as long as they stay in the division. I, it's I, similar to United and Solskjaer in a way. Definitely. No, I completely agree. And and, and I said last night, I said it's but weird. They have spent money, if, obviously. If, if Steve Bruce um, wasn't in the job, he might actually be one of the candidates who would be in the frame to steady the to ship. Steady mm-hmm. the ship. Mm-hmm. But because he's created this mess, no one's going to trust him to do it. Mm-hmm. Um how many top flight managers and, 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 and managers that would uh, command the amount of money that, that the Saudis obviously have uh, would come in at this point? It's only ever going to be a stopgap stop gap solution. It's only ever going to be, it might be a big Sam. It I'll, might be someone I'll like give that. You you a know? Name. Oh, I'll give you a name. Jose Mourinho. Yeah. <laughs> Said he has an emotional connection with the club, didn't oh, he? Because geez. of his relationship with Every, Sir Bobby Robson. There's a lot. There's a lot <laughs> of, and, and it's class of sort of like 95 Newcastle as well. The piggies are out for the, the, the troffers out oh, yeah. and the piggies are here and they're ready to sort of go. <laughs> Football's oh, massively there's, like there's that. There's a project here. Eh? Is there a project here? Is there a bit of money sloshing around? Yeah, I'll be an ambassador. He's yeah, literally cool. only just gone to Roma. Well. <laughs> yeah, watch this space. Watch yeah. this space. Um, another cracking game from the weekend on Saturday. Probably mm. the game of the weekend, really, in terms of the football on the pitch was Leicester 4, Man United 2 on BT Sports Score. Robbie Savage called it the best game ever in the world ever. It's the I best think, game ever in the world ever? I think that's... <laughs> That's, that's a bit too far, Rob. But, yeah. um, but it was pretty amazing with some sensational goals. After Greenwood scored that unreal strike mm. in the 19th minute, I thought, right, well, that would obviously be the goal of the game. That's going to calm everything down. Then Tillemans <laughs> does what he does. And yeah. the Tillemans goal was... I, like it literally, even thinking about it now, makes me go, "How has he done that?" Like he like scooped it into the what'd you make of um, corner. What'd you make of Harry Maguire's contribution to it? <laughs> should he, should he Maguire have, wasn't ready to return. I no, think it's he fair really was But, but Solskjaer will get a pass, no doubt. <laughs> well, what was interesting was ahead of the game. I think it might have been in the press conference before the game, or certainly was an interview with Brendan Rodgers last week. He said that he was quite big on the idea that Leicester, his his Leicester team this season when he was asked why they've not started as well compared to last season, he said, look, we're just too passive. We're just letting things happen to us. We need to get right on the front foot and we need to be more aggressive. He and... said that, Rogers. Yeah. Mm. And, it wasn't and... the case in this match, was it? Good God. No, exactly. They and, went and it, for the throat. And it seemed to... Constantly. Whatever he said seemed to hugely resonate with what they were able to mm. achieve because, you know, let's get it right. Solskjaer was outcoached massively by Brendan Rogers in this game. And you can... You can kind of feel yourself being a bit churlish for saying that given that United's 29 game unbeaten run away from home has come to an end so you yeah. don't want to be too kind of fickle about it but what it feels like far too often with United and it certainly felt like that here is alright 4-2 away at a good Leicester side doesn't look terrible but what, what actually happened in the game from what I saw was they've got good players who will score you goals from nowhere right mm-hmm. they've got they've got in, in Greenwood's case, he cuts inside and we know he can do that. He's one of the best young players around. With the Rashford goal, they put a bit of a move together, a couple of passes, Rashford's in and he can Great finish. Ball. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 
So you've got players who are capable of that, but there never looks like there's any kind of discernible pattern of play where you go, this is the way Man United play. They've just got basically loads of really good players because they can write checks for them. Mm. And um, the underperformance of key players in this game overall, Sancho was poor again. Pogba didn't really do much. Cristiano Ronaldo, he cannot... Look, his reputation is his reputation. The man cannot press. He's had an amazing career and he's clearly always going to be good at a load of stuff, certain stuff. But he cannot contribute consistently for 90 minutes, particularly away from home, against a decent side. He's not capable of doing it. Mm. So they've got a lot of problems to solve. But again, it comes back to the point I kind of made earlier around Bruce and and, and Newcastle. Is Solskjaer a convenient kind of lightning rod for the things that are going on at May United? You'd probably argue that he is. They, 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 they the 4-2 massively flattened United, flattered United, I thought. Yeah, I think mm. so. I think uh, I largely agree with what you're saying in terms of what we've seen from Manchester United so far this season. They're relying on their star players, those individuals that can pop up with a bit of magic in the game to score a goal, win them a game, get them a draw, whatever it might be. But... They're always just hanging in there, aren't they? Yeah, and with this game a little bit, though, I did feel like it was so chaotic that it was almost difficult to to sort of see how they there, there could have been a game plan in this because mm. Leicester just continued to push and, and, and it just felt like one of those days, if, if that makes sense, that no matter what United would have tried, it may not have come off. But would be fair to say he's had too many of those days. Yeah, it seems I to be every so. match. It's, it's, it's every two weeks, it, there's, a, there's a crisis and, he's like, and, and he comes through it yeah. with a 1-0 win in Europe or something. The narrative's amazing around him. It's really odd. I think it's, the Jamie Vardy goal kind of summed it up the, the chaos the most, really, though, because United had just equalised and then mm. straight from the kickoff, yeah. Leicester go down the other end and Jamie Vardy scores. He did resist the Ronaldo celebration. I was quite proud of him. <laughs> I was fucking disappointed about that. I was proud of him. <laughs> I know Andros has already done it. I want every player he to do it. He wants to be mm. original. You can't, you can't copy Andros Townsend, <laughs> uh, can you, if you're Jamie Vardy? Are you, are you, are you he so, needs new shit shithousing. Yeah. Are you saying that Jamie Vardy is one of, our, one of the league's most original artists? <laughs> <laughs> Just hugely there ain't anyone artist. else like him, though, yeah. is there, to <laughs> no, be there's fair. Not. And what a finish that was. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. But he's obviously always going to be... It's almost a similar thing to Ronaldo. Like Ronaldo's always going to be capable of those types of finishes. Mm. Vardy will be. And Vardy can finish like that probably when he's 50. Mm. You know, there's a lot of other stuff that goes on in the game that you need to be able to do these days. And Jamie Vardy can still do it. Uh, he's more than capable of leading a line. Um, and Ronaldo isn't, unfortunately. Is Ronaldo actually in a ridiculous, weird way and do not ever clip this and use it? <laughs> is this is he almost making it more difficult for United to play they want the way they want to yeah. play because mm. obviously you have to start Ronaldo. He's Cristiano Ronaldo. But what you get with Ronaldo is you lack what perhaps say a Mikel Antonio as a striker gives you, which is constant press, constant mm. threat, running at defenders. And Ronaldo isn't that sort of player. If you're not in the 18-yard box, you may as well be playing with 10 players. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. it, there's, no, it, there's no two ways about it. He just he, he can't work hard enough because he's he's of that age. And and when you've got you've got some incredibly talented players and you've got some incredibly expensive players in, in that lineup and, and some some you know players like Shaw who who have kind of over excelled almost mm-hmm. how you would sort of see that see their um how they how they've gone uh, in the next five years. Like you sort of think with players like that they might have um, shipped off to another club under if they were under uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, but you are playing with one man down if you're not in the in yard box and, and Solskjaer unfortunately 
whether you've got him or whether you don't have uh, Ronaldo up top, they don't like look like they've got a plan. They do look like a disparate set of, uh, you know, airfix parts just in a carrier bag. And you're like, oh, well, sometimes, <laughs> it, sometimes it works, sometimes it, it doesn't. But, but if you've they, got they, looked, they, they looked way, they looked way better last season. They looked way more kind of they had a more cohesive kind of plan for stuff. And now Ronaldo's come in and kind of upset that a little bit, and that's sad. I think but, the strange thing is that despite adding the quality players they have this summer in Ronaldo, Sancho mm. and Varane, they actually still don't seem to have a fear factor about them. And mm. that's bizarre. Yeah, and if you got them, that's really bizarre. you'll probably get something. I think the two, in those three players you talked about them signing there, the other two do make sense. I mean, Sancho is an investment and one of the world's most exciting young players who's had a difficult start, perhaps because he's, perhaps because Ronaldo's overshadowed him uh, like culturally. Mm. And, Varane is a hugely experienced centre-back and you definitely want experience as centre-back and he's definitely still got the legs. So the the, the, the feeling with Ronaldo is they signed him because they could. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's, it, they could have signed him, so they did. And it's taken them a step further away from where they want to be. And ultimately, Solskjaer's not not a brilliant coach. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a symbolic kind of figure at the club and I think the ownership are happy for him to be there and channel all the kind of press and all the discussions and all the all the... Like I say, be a lightning rod for all the stuff. And also, he, he's probably quite good at being nice to the players. They probably like feel comfortable around him. Mm. And there's not been as many problems with Pogba as there were under Mourinho. Yeah. Now, clearly, there's still, a, there's still a, a solution needed for Pogba because of his contract situation. But he's not like kicking off in training like he was every five minutes under Mourinho. Mm. And there's no coincidence there, is it? Because Mourinho de- demands, rightly or wrongly, really high standards of a certain nature that Pogba obviously rallied against. And that's not to say Mourinho's a brilliant manager still, but... You know, there's definitely a there was definitely friction there because of the standards Mourinho was demanding or because of the way he carried himself and Solskjaer clearly doesn't do that. I imagine I imagine Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's a guy who walks into the canteen at, at Old Trafford. Oh, sorry, um, the training ground, and no one really notices. And does that happen with Mourinho? Of course it doesn't. Mm. I don't think Solskjaer's anywhere near the biggest personality at United. He's just there to smooth things over and That's go out right. and meet the press. And he also, by the way, I know we've got to move on, but he says some really interesting things. I mean, he talks about um, remember that thing he said a while back about how. He, it was a measure of how much Man City respected Man United because they played such a strong team in the League Cup. <laughs> it's like, is that what a Man United manager should be saying? He said something at the weekend as well uh, about Marcus Rashford. He's done some amazing and remarkable, fantastic things, but now he needs to prioritise his football. Weird thing to say, I thought. Mm. Very weird thing to say about one of your players who's just played a year through injury for you. I, I feel, Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I feel like, I do think that Ronaldo will continue to score amazing goals. He'll pop up with winners when you least expect it. He'll be able to create that magic. But I think that... Manchester United now need to figure out a way of making this team gel and perform together because they've clearly got the players that should be pushing for trophies and 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 you know aiming for top four this season. But and, at the moment, you wouldn't necessarily think that they're definitely going to get that. And and finally for now, I mean, I, this is the first team they've really played. To be quite frank, they've, they've, they've been playing mid-table yeah, and, and, and lower-table opposition. They haven't played in the yeah. big ones. So yeah, true. But they might raise their game for this. And and and, and once again, Solskjaer will get a pass for a few weeks, and then they'll 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 underwhelm against a team. It's like, a really uh, good point. There's, there's, the fixture list been really kind to them so far, hasn't it? I didn't it notice has. that. Yeah, yeah, and it's now going to get really tough starting off. Well, if you can, if you um, include Leicester at the weekend. Atalanta in the mm. Champions League, Liverpool next weekend. Leading into the last Champions League game that they had, that one against Villarreal, I feel like we were kind of on the same man- narrative as we are now that the pressure was building on Ole. But I was actually, I was at the game and I was quite surprised that the crowd were quite positive about him. I'm going to the game again this Wednesday, the one against Atalanta, and I'll be intrigued to see whether that 
changes mm. at all, whether there mm. is a little bit more tension in the atmosphere. Anyways, uh, we'll move on now. Still loads more to talk about from the weekend's football. We'll take a break. We'll be back after this. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, I'm Hazel Hayes. And I'm Sheehan Todd. And welcome to our brand new podcast, We're Not Fucking Historians. It sounds like I'm saying we're not fucking historians. Yeah, we're saying we're not experts. We're not historians ourselves. Not that we're not having sex with historians. No historians getting fucked on this pod. Zero historians getting fucked on this podcast. We are, in fact, your alternative guide to Irish history. Every week we prize open the history books and find a new tale from the Emerald Isle's colourful past. We're exploring Ireland's traditions, its rich heritage and its long, proud history of being invaded by literally anyone with a boat. The Vikings were showing up at the monastery and where's that booty? The earliest booty call. <laughs> it's the booty call you didn't want. <laughs> 50 Scandinavian Vikings showed up. Or our biggest celeb, St Paddy. He says he prayed up to 100 times a day and sometimes during the night. <laughs> That's what a five-year-old would say. I've prayed 100 times, I swear. Patrick also said he was fastest in his slippers. <laughs> He's a fucking belly bullshitter. If, like us, you're the kind of person who's interested in history but not so interested that you'd go read a book about it or listen to actual experts, then this is the show for you. This is history done differently with a couple of facts and plenty of crack. So, join us on our journey through Ireland's past. Search We're Not Historians on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we're not, we're not fucking not historians. historians. <laughs> Sorry, I was far too fast there. We're Not Fucking Historians is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. My team is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> 
That's not the worst impression I've heard. It's just bizarre, though. Why did it happen? Why did it happen? Do we know the context? I guess he was just asking. Borough happened to him. Welcome back to the Football Ramble. Jules, Pete and Luke here with you. Let's see how we got on in... By the way, that was Neil Warnock. In case you needed reminding, it was Neil Warnock. Um, Forrest Gump. It was Tom Hanks, yeah. Let's see how we got on in Betways 4 to score. Remember, entry to Betways 4 to score is free each week. Pick the first goal scorer in Betways 4 selected matches for your chance to win the weekly 50 grand jackpot. And make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Terms and conditions do apply. So our first match this week was the Brentford-Chelsea game. Cracking match Saturday afternoon. Marcus picked Mason Mount, but the result was Ben Chilwell, who's having mm. a bit of a resurgence. Um, game two, Everton-West Ham. Kate picked Andros Townsend. Good shout, but it was actually Angelo Ogbonna, who scored from a corner for West Ham. Uh, Newcastle Spurs was the third match. Pete, tell, <laughs> tell everyone who, who you picked for this. I went for Norskara. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, I I said this on Friday, very, very low XG on both sides. I didn't realise that Kane fancied it, and I certainly didn't realise that Callum Wilson was in the frame for returning. <laughs> um, so also, that's why I thought. People listening, if you could let us know what the quickest someone's got it wrong is, mm. because that was 1 minute 47 seconds yeah. before you were out of there. Yeah. You, you've been dealt a favour by game one and game two going wrong. Keegan-esque, <laughs> I would say, yeah. in many <laughs> ways, when he was uh, predicting that penalty going in. Yeah. <laughs> the fourth game is Arsenal-Crystal Palace, which of course is tonight. Uh, Luke picked Odson Edward. We'll see how we get on with that yeah. one. And we'll be back for another round of four to score on the preview show this Friday. Right, it's now time for this. I like that one from Luke. Yeah, <laughs> Brassel, Brassel does uh, gets out of that really, really badly. Mm. Andy Brassel plays the asshole. He's not yeah. the most reasonable bloke here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a message from uh, Rian Burns, uh, picking up on our thread of weird behaviour from driving instructors. I had an instructor who would routinely get me to drive to the bank and then around Swindon to an array of shady characters who drop off wads of cash. <laughs> <laughs> He'd make me wait whilst he got out and ran out and wouldn't give me the time back. Probably £10 uh, per hour uh, lesson. Uh, oh, sorry, probably 10 per hour lesson. I was a 100% taking part in crime. My last lesson for him was booked for an early evening. He was 30 minutes late, so I decided to give him a ring. Turns out he was at Stansted to pick up his wife. Effing nightmare. <laughs> wow. I like the idea of, of what's being alleged there because if the driving instructor, he's very unlikely to get pulled over by the police yes. because he's given a lesson. Mm-hmm. And if he does get pulled over, he can just say to the police officer, excuse me, there is a man here learning to drive and he is nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Leave us alone. Yeah. It works Smart perfect. move. And, Smart it's, move. and the car smells of weed because he, because he just needs the weed <laughs> to <laughs> relax. Yeah. I, I think uh, we've tapped into a really interesting scene here of like mm. weird driving instructor behaviour that I never mm. knew existed. What, how, did, how was it when you learned to drive yours? Um, my driving instructor was amazing. She was really, really lovely, but I have a funny driving test story. Go so on. when I was actually doing my driving test, it started off terribly wrong and I thought oh god this is this is going to go really badly from here back in my day because I am 40 as you like to point out (laughs) Um, back in my day when you had to learn to drive I don't think you have to do this anymore because I was speaking to someone very young recently and they didn't have to do it you had to do an engine check before you got in the car oh right yeah right and so yeah they asked me to check the oil so I, I obviously popped the bonnet checked the oil and then you know when you then slam the bonnet back down to close it it didn't close 
Right. So then I was like, oh, shit. Right. So I closed it again. Still didn't close. So I did what most normal people do in that situation. Which Torch is you, the car. You know, you jump on You jump on it, don't you? You sit on it. You yeah, sit on it, right? Yeah, yeah. Really? yeah, so I did. And then I dented the bonnet. Oh, no. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my God. So then we were then laughing a Whose lot. car was it? The driving instructor's? No, my driving instructor's car. Yeah, yeah. Not okay. the, not yeah, the okay. actual test person. The street Fighter 2 bonnet. Oh, yeah, no, God. Yeah. I thought, oh, my God, my fat ass has dented the bonnet so I got back in the car and we just couldn't stop laughing then he goes to me oh where's your school what school do you go to so I said I go to Newman College so he was like okay and then all of a sudden every turning he told me to take I thought the bastard's taking me outside my college and it's lunchtime and there's going to be loads of my school friends (laughs) walking down while I'm doing a bloody reverse park a parallel park out on the street. Did you ever do that? Yes, he made Punishment. me do a parallel park outside my school gate. Because he dented in his car. But I got away with it. So did it you was pass? Fine. No. I did pass. I got five minors, passed first time, bush. With a dent in the bonnet and you passed. I know, he obviously liked me. You're actively <laughs> breaking cars and passing your driving test. Are you surprised, Luke? Yeah, no, not really, no. Um, what about this from Sam Campbell? Thanks for getting in touch, Sam. Um, he says, I've sent a few, email, few emails in before about the Irish League and there's been another incident which I think is right up the Ramble Street. Glen Torren goalkeeper Aaron McCary was sent off for attacking his teammate Bobby <laughs> Burns at the weekend immediately after conceding a goal. And I have watched this, and if you haven't, we must share this on the social media. It's on the BBC website. It's incredible what happened. It's absolutely incredible because the goalkeeper, as you've all would have seen before when conceding a goal, they're angry, they mm. shout, they boot the ball miles into the Bobby, stand. what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, he <laughs> says that, and he runs over to poor old Bobby, Bobby Burns. <laughs> And I'm going to crush your head. Grabs, <laughs> grabs him by the scruff of the neck mm. and kind of starts to push him. Mm. But Bobby goes into proper autopilot <laughs> and thinks, right, I need, to, I need to pretend I'm hurt here because that's what players do. <laughs> Throws himself to the floor, <laughs> clutching his face, gets his own goalkeeper sent off as a result and is obviously fine. Mm. So it was, it's a ridiculously bizarre set of, uh, set of events. And, and the goal leading up to it, it doesn't appear to be massively his fault. That's the worst thing. I think, he, I think what might have happened is he might have given the ball away earlier in the phase right, of play. Okay. And, and that, uh, what I love about that is that the goalkeeper's clocked that. He's logged that in his mind. He's not going to bother saving it. He's got brain power thinking about whose fault this is before it's even happened. It's, it's a really... A really bizarre set of events. <laughs> worth having a look at anyway. Worth watching. Brilliant stuff. Right. Show at footballramble.com. Tweet us as well at footballramble. And just a reminder as well, if you have a problem, it can be anything, doesn't have to be football related, and you want us to try and solve it for you, mm. send in your emails for that. We'll answer them on Wednesday on Pep Talks. And if you are the person who uh, panel beated the uh, the dent <laughs> out of... Uh, mm. Um, Jules's um, <laughs> driving instructor's car get in touch oh dear it was a long time ago <laughs> uh, let's get back to the weekend's action then another incredible game on Saturday could not take your eyes off this particularly in the last 10-15 minutes was Aston Villa 2 Wolves 3 and by the way Wolves were 2-0 down in the 80th minute <laughs> but somehow managed to win this one the celebrations we're incredible. It's a derby as well, so it mm. meant a little bit more to the players and to the fans as well. It was just, it was amazing. It was actually just the third time ever a team has overturned a 2-0 deficit after the 80th minute in the Premier League. What <laughs> yeah. a game. If you look at the stats in football, if your team goes 2-0 up, I mean, the stats are so clear of what normally happens. It's very, very unlikely, particularly that late in the game, 
and um, in a local derby as well. I've got yeah. a couple of friends who are Aston Villa fans, and it seems based on what they text me and based on their social media output, mm. it's going to live long in the memory for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> well, it's the worst way to lose a game, especially against one of your rivals, and yeah. you're two nil up and you're cruising. You're probably giving your mates loads of shit, going, "Oh, we've beat you, 80th minute," and then that goes and happens. <laughs> well, it's not. Well, not I, ideal, is it? The thing I disagree with about that, Jules, is if you're a Brighton fan, right? If mm. Brighton are beating Crystal Palace two 0 and there's ten minutes left, you're I'm, not you're not goading. No, at no, that but point. I'm, I'm getting, you're shitting yourself. I'm shitting myself, but yeah. I'm, I'm quietly comfortable at that point at two 0 up with eight minutes, and they weren't like Wolves. I didn't think they played particularly well until second half. 80th minute though, it goes two oh, one, yeah. and then, <laughs> then you, you start. Shit yeah, then you start. To and, shit and, yourself, and you know to be what? Fair. You know what? There was a. McGinn's goal was a massive oh, deflection. Yeah. And then Nevers' winner was a huge deflection mm. as well, right? But I think it was something that unites all football fans. <laughs> it's, it's, it's annoying. It, what, what happens is if your team's tuning up against a local rival and then they come back to two all and you think, and you're angry, it's just anger, mm. really. It's like, for fuck's sake. Yeah. And then. Nevis lines up a free kick in the 95th minute and you're just thinking, oh no. Yeah, you, just, you actually <laughs> just know. It is unwelcome. Narrative <laughs> starts to play in, isn't it? It's like Christian Benteke threw on goal. For me and thinking, oh, oh I'm no. I'm never worried about if, that. If, no, but, but if there's anyone that's going to score it, it'll be him just because yeah. it would be against us. Yeah. Or when Glenn Murray was at Palace. I don't even remind me of that. <laughs> I've ignored those days. But for all the uh, all the um, attempts of football to move on technologically and financially, what we're talking about ultimately is an, is a is a way or, or a way people are looking to control football. Mm. Again, right? If we if we invest in these kind of coaches and these kind of players, they're looking to control how the games go. It doesn't matter how much money or how much technological advancement is put into the game. These things happen and no one could do anything about it. You know it's, what's going to happen. Well, yeah, no one can stop it. No, but, the players can't stop it. The managers can't stop it. Especially no if you play a three-five-two and about three of your players demand to come off because they're knackered after the international break. I, I mean, that's not <laughs> ideal, is it? Either? No, no. I'm just a bit sorry for Douglas Luiz. Um, uh, well, Emmy Martinez and him both played for Brazil and Argentina in the early hours. Friday morning UK time and yeah. back on the pitch Saturday <laughs> afternoon. I mean, you know what I mean? Um, oh, it's like that big uh, Manchester United flight, isn't it? <laughs> Ten minutes. Ten yeah. minutes. That, was, that was a weird Why thing. Why would you do that? That was such a weird... Well, listen, I, the weekend before last, I experienced the M6 and it's, there's a lot oh. of works going on. It's a nightmare. Right. It's an absolute nightmare. I had to, I had to you divert. condone that 10-minute flight? No, I don't. I'm just saying that you just need to plan better. <laughs> go, go down in the evening before or whatever, yeah. or, or give yourself a bit more time. It's a 10-minute flight. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't look great, does it, in the current environment? <laughs> yeah, you know, you've got Sky, for all their faults, trying to talk about doing net zero stuff every second advert. Mm. And then one of the, most big, the biggest assets the of the things covering. I've got rights to is, is taking 10-minute plane flights. Uh, what was flying, though, at the moment? Three wins in a row. Bruno Large, he's a nice lad. Lad, isn't he? Manager. <laughs> nice Seems lads. like a nice man. Do you know what he's got now? What? He has got so much cultural capital with the Wolves fans <laughs> that he's probably going to do it every once in the next few months. And, mm. he's got, and all he's got to do is make some kind of oblique reference to this result and go, well, you know, I've, but, I've brought some yeah, good times. But we I've, won that. I've given you some memories, yeah, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they are, though, still behind West Ham, who moved into seventh thanks to their win over Everton. Um, thankfully, no West Ham players had to take a penalty. Jordan Pickford mm. didn't actually have to get his little grid out on his water bottle. Very he... visible. Like, could you not make that smaller or more kind of... Well, but also, it's quite simple. Two players go one way and the other one goes the other way. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I just remember it, Jordan. But the, the other thing is, one of, the, one of the biggest bones of contention between Pete and his dad, Stuart Donaldson, mm. is that Pete's dad sends Pete low-res memes. Mm. 
So they're just really low res and Pete can't sure. get on board with it. Mm. <laughs> the res on that water bottle looked very high. Oh, I'm, think, I'm thinking it's a, it's a decent dex, a desk jet printout. Yeah, it's beautiful. Do you and reckon then, it's a PNG probably? Layered <laughs> uh, file, PSD file? It depends on, what, it depends on how they You know what I was it. impressed with? What? They were laminated. Mm. Yeah, well, that's, Wait, it's going to get sweaty, isn't it? Yeah, no, but... It might rain. He's, there's a laminator there. I <laughs> love a laminator. laminator. I'm a big Guys, fan of a laminator. Everton have got a laminator. <laughs> <laughs> that's a big takeaway from this. Um, first game of the weekend. <laughs> and they say they've got no money. <laughs> At least we've got a laminator. Yeah. <laughs> oh. We lost the game, but our laminating skills are probably better than theirs. <laughs> Good laminator. Don't get your hands in it. there, Jordan. I'll never get him in there. It's so short. <laughs> it's really hot. <laughs> uh, first game of the weekend. Watford nil, Liverpool five. They battered them. Poor mm, Claudio. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I, de- I, I did feel a bit sorry for him. I felt oh. a bit. Why am I feeling It was sorry a very welcome game to start with, wasn't no, it, it wasn't, really? It was not what you wanted, um, was no. it? If you cannot have watched that game and seen and heard Claudio Ranieri in English is not his first uh, language, of course, but he does speak very good English. But he was shouting it in a very particular way because he's Italian. Narrow! 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 <laughs> over and over again, trying to get his team to be tighter and more compact. Yeah. And it was like, you, you could imagine a Watford player looking over and going, look, look at what we're playing against here. This is fucking impossible. Na- narrow is a commune in Sicily. So <laughs> exactly. he's going, I'm off. Just he's like, I'm, going. I'm going home. I'm off already after one game. <laughs> but, but, I just felt a bit sorry for him. I think at one point, I think it was after maybe Liverpool's third or fourth goal, he the, the, the camera went to him and he was like biting his bottom lip. And mm. I thought, oh. So, so <laughs> yeah, you're, you're feeling really sorry for managers why this weekend. Why, why you're do emotional. I care? Why am I About being so all. nice? This isn't like me. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to feel sorry for anyone, I'd probably feel sorry for poor old Danny Rose, who was <laughs> yeah. left... And left Craig Cathcart. ...woefully exposed yeah. over and over again. Um, and I don't think, in that situation, he's the one who takes all the bad headlines because he had a really terrible time of it. I mean, it's a team game. It's no coincidence I thought that Messina got dragged off mm. and that the players around him didn't play brilliantly either because he was just left so ruthlessly exposed over and over again. And then when you saw what Salah did with the goal, oh. you thought... Is anyone really having a great defensive day here? But, well, I, I, I think, but it's easy to say because it was such an amazing finish. Well, from, from what I saw when Daniel was, was briefly at Newcastle, I, was, I kind of felt sorry for them. And once again, he's made a terrible choice where, where, where he'll just be under the cosh every single match and, and, and people will sort of say, he's not quick enough, he's not fit enough, uh, and he's of an age where he shouldn't be playing Premier League at level football. But I think he's a good player. Oh, well, now I'm feeling sorry for Danny Rose. I know, why are you feeling sorry for people too? Oh, I, look, I just thought that that Salah goal was amazing. The mm, one yeah. against City was sublime. This one was just next level. Ridiculous, it was wasn't just, it? Oh, it's just was, so good. Which defender sort of slid in? After, it was a Cathcart, right? Mm. <laughs> There's a couple of them. Was was the goal he scored against Man City in a similar way? Was that with his right foot? Right foot against City, left foot so, against Watford. So that yeah. would explain. Because I, I think... You know, as, That's as, why as, Cathcart goes to ground, do you think? I think so. I think they've mm. probably told... At some point before that Man City game, they're probably thinking, get him on his right. But then there's obviously no point getting him on his right now because he's probably on form the world's best football player. It was, so it's difficult to know what to do. That, you're that, probably giving Cathcart far too much credit there. But Cathcart's face was just like, ah, oh, oh, I, I, I also think <laughs> no, that, I'm that, what, that better defenders than Craig Cathcart would have struggled as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was a ridiculous goal. And, and, and you could tell how good the goal was because you've got a front three there. Firmino gets a hat-trick. Mane scores his 100th Premier League goal, which used to mean something back in the day, <laughs> and no one even mentions it. You know what? The, with, with Mane, though, I have to say, it's, um, it's an incredible feat. He's just the third African to score 100 Premier League goals and just the third player in Premier League history to score 100 goals, having 
not being the penalty taker. Oh, right, yes. okay. Yeah, which is, yeah. you know, that's impressive, isn't very, it? Very, very good. Oh, they were brilliant. And then, and there, um, Marcus was saying back in the last week that he thinks Liverpool, for him, are the standout favourites for the title. Mm. Um, they were absolutely purring here. Mm. Look, they've they, been so good. They have. There's, mm. there's a, um, there's an element of the have and have nots about this. Claudio Ranieri's got a big job on his hands. Watford have obviously newly promoted and aren't in the same uh, category of quality as Liverpool. We know that, but Liverpool went away from home in a game after an international break at a lunchtime kickoff we've seen teams over and over again be lethargic in those types of games for lots of different reasons and it really was a matter of you know just scoring as many as they wanted really yeah. I thought Watford was so bad in the first half but I don't really know whether that was their fault or not because yeah. Liverpool were purring Liverpool also um, didn't have their first choice keeper they just sent him straight on to, to Spain didn't they um, so it's great for the young keeper Keeper Keller had to get a clean sheet as well. Made a good save as well. Mm. He did make a good save when he was called upon, which is a hallmark of a really top-level goalkeeper because if you're playing for Liverpool, realistically, most times, you're not going to have to make that many saves. You've just got to keep your concentration and keep your focus, and he did that well. Mm. They were they were irresistible, Liverpool. They were really, really very good. And if you think about how they ended last season very strongly, it's some run of form. It's almost the inverted Newcastle. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> normally, nice. normally, as a goalkeeper, if you concede five goals, you've had a pretty bad week, but Ben Foster captained Mo Salah in his fantasy team, so he's <laughs> probably quiet probably that, was to be honest. quite happy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, speaking of um, you know, players not doing not not um, doing things outside of football, Ben Foster um, he is uh, transmogrifying into content provider, isn't I know, he? He's great, I think he's brilliant. Isn't he? I think he's. I, I, I love his videos. I think he's really entertaining. Really entertaining. Yeah. He speaks about FPL really well as well. It's really mm. funny. Um, that goal from Salah, um, probably one of the goals of the weekend. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that. Now, goal of the well, season. N- you reckon? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Salah was, because this week, I think before that goal was scored, loads of people were putting on uh, Twitter that uh, compilation of Ronaldinho. I don't know why. Maybe it was his birthday or whatever. Mm. Uh, and people were comparing him to, to Salah and saying that Salah was uh, as good as Ronaldinho, if not better. Uh, and so there's a massive like Twitter reaction from yeah. the... From the, from, from, from the legacy fans, let's say, oh, you're a disgrace, how dare you say that? And so Salah was like, right, okay. Yeah. I'll give you some Ronaldinho, yeah. Bitches. Although, <laughs> yeah. although you, you obviously, uh, I was I was kind of being a bit tongue-in-cheek there because oh, you obviously haven't seen the finish from the steward in the Lincoln-Charlton game in yeah. League One. He um he scored with a dildo. I did see that. And it, and it took it him about three attempts. It's a hefty dildo. Which may or may not have two been Two bites of the cherry. <laughs> two, <laughs> bites of, two bites of the dildo. Why was there a dildo on the pitch in the first place? I don't know. I've, I mean, um... that, that, if you are carrying... I mean, that is a weapon. I mean, it's not a... We're not talking about rampant rabbit. This is like a big, girthy, floppy... The monster it's got real like, and when he kicks it because it's kind of like wobbly and bendy it Rubbery. kind of almost like, yeah it kind of sort of boomerangs back at Bounces. the steward <laughs> steward was loving it though. he was loving yeah. it yeah. oh it was very good so yeah. I've, I've been at Charlton games when they've taken in all sorts of different things pigs. as, as a protest pigs there before yeah, yeah, they? yeah. Um, mm. so I, I, when I was there it was, I think it was tennis balls right um, so I don't know if it's anything to do with that but I have seen the video <laughs> footage yeah <laughs> very, <funny>. very amusing <laughs> uh, right one more game to come in the Premier League this week it's tonight Arsenal against Palace. Patrick Vieira goes back to his former club. I mean, he's a legend. I feel like um, he's going to get the most amazing reception. I can almost sort of hear it and feel it now, Pete. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends on how, how they play, I suppose. But uh, it's pre-kickoff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pre-kickoff. Yeah. Arsenal are on a bit of a roll, so the Arsenal fans probably feel like it can't go wrong at this point. But uh, I, do I, Arsenal I, fans I, ever but, feel but, like that? <laughs> but they have got a team that's going to arrive uh, with uh, with a certain bit of momentum as well, and and and, and a playing style that uh, this pressing playing style that Arsenal don't always respond very well to. So fun.
I think Palace will match. actually fancy getting mm. something out of this. I think the way that they've been able to turn around, that Vieira's been able to turn around a completely new style of play and a big tur- turnover of players in the summer uh, is 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 really, really good. And mm. I think he deserves a lot of credit. Now, the job isn't done yet. Of course, they're still knocking about in the bottom half of the, of the Premier League and they've only won one game this season. It's all very good to you know do all these amazing things like change the style and mm. you know, make them play on the front foot and press and do different mm. things than the manager before. But ultimately, you have to win games. And this is a tough ask for them because Arsenal have been a little bit resurgent and haven't lost in their last four. So it's a Monday night treat. I'm it looking is. forward to it. Mm. And Vieira's reception will be good, won't it? I mean, yeah. from what he's achieved at the club and he's a legend there and rightly so. Um, I think whatever happens, they'll obviously have a huge amount of respect for him. But before the game, I think they'll welcome him back as a returning hero, as they should do, by the way. Yeah, as they should. 100%. He's a club legend. Um, I think that's all we've got time for, isn't it, Luke? Yeah, sounds like it. Why are you asking me? You're in charge. Yeah, just, you know, <laughs> just saying um, that's all we've got time for. Just yeah. a reminder before we go, though, there's a brand new episode of At The Match available now on Football Ramble Presents. Andy and Kate went to watch Ingley, England, Hungary, England <laughs> uh, last week. Uh, they chat about what it means to be a fan of this modern progressive England team under Southgate. So get involved in that. And in fact, Kate is actually going to be back tomorrow. She's here with you, Pete and Jim. Uh, I'm sure you guys will be chatting a lot about the Arsenal Palace game and looking ahead to a big week in Europe for some of our Premier League teams. Right. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Good to see you, Pete. Good to see you, Luke. Nice to see you too. What a great start to the week, hanging out with you, Jules. Great start. (laughs) See you soon, guys. See ya. Because with me, it's normally... Ladies, rub on your titties. uh, It's normally like food. You heard me, rub on your titties. (laughs) New York City, pity, committee the vote. Luke, rub on your titties. (laughs) Get the fuck up. (laughs) Sarah says, get the fuck up. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 